Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Well, this morning, um, I was praying about this morning actually a couple weeks ago I started and uh, and then Brandon last week he talked about temptation trials and testings how many of you remember that we're here for that and um, and this goes along with it don't know what's going on here but anyway if I can preach when the ducks come walking through my service, I can preach with this goofy thing. How about that? But, um, so temptations, trials, and testings, and we all face them. No one is exempt. Um, You may not be in one of those right now, but just, I got good news for you, just wait. Till this afternoon. But, uh, we're all going through stuff. We're all going through stages, and, um, and we need God. This is, this is real. What we're going through is real. I don't want to minimize anything that anyone is facing today or what you have faced in the past. It's real. And my message today is called being content in the season. Being content in the season. Now, I'm not talking about putting up with nonsense I'm not talking about that, but it is real, and we sang the song this morning that it's all about you. Let me ask you, is it all about him or is it all about you? I'm talking your life. Is your life all about you or is it about him? I trust that we can say it's about him. And have at least some measure of truth to that. But I want to talk about being content in the season that you're in or that you're going to face. Or the, the word content means this. Being satisfied with what one is or has. Not wanting more. Being content. Uh, being okay, it'd be like, I'm okay with it. I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but that you're okay with it. And you're willing to accept it. Now, this does include temptation, trials, and testings. Um, but, you know, many times we just, we just think of those things, seasons, as a negative thing. There's good, good seasons in life. Some of you are in here... And uh, you're in a good season. So there's good seasons and then there's bad or challenging seasons. I don't like to say bad, but challenging. Um, Some of you in here have just gotten married and you're in a good season. Some of you are getting married and you're looking forward to that. Maybe you just had a baby um, and that's a good season. I, I hope that it's a good season, not a challenging one well it's, it is challenging but definitely not bad and going back to school we just started back to school a few weeks ago uh, that's a season some of you are uh, are dating and that some of you that hasn't been approved yet but <laughs> I think I'm open on Tuesday all day but so there's seasons in, chi- in your childhood, in your adolescent years, your young adults. Um, for people like me in my middle age years, and then there's for seniors. Um, but we come in and out of seasons. We transition in and out of seasons. And some, some of us like change and some don't. How many of you like change? How many of you hate change? Yeah. Yeah. I could give you an example 
an illustration of that, but I won't for the sake of time. All of us are in seasons, and some of us are in multiple seasons. We've got multiple things going on. And um, some of us like seasons, the season that we're in, and some of us just, we don't like it. We don't like it. Some of us are enjoying it, and want, we want this season to just continue in this bliss that we're in. And others of us, you know, want it to be over and done. It's hard. It's hard. Some of us are accepting the season that we're in, and then some of us are fighting and rejecting it. Okay? Um, some of us are complaining about the season that we're in. We're complaining to people, and we're complaining to God about it. Um, I, I want to I say this. Um, Brandon said this last Sunday. Not everything is the devil. Okay? Not everything. Now, everything that is of the devil, I'm going to fight it with all that I have. And he's going to know about it too. He needs to know about it. I'll wage war on him. I'll pray. I'll ask others to pray. I'll believe in faith. I'll believe God for the miracle to take place. Not only for me, I'll, I'll believe God for you, the miracle. I'll resist. The Bible says to resist the devil and, you know, he'll flee from you. But let me ask you this. Are you resisting the season that God is allowing for your own good? Say, well, I don't, I don't see any good that can come out of this season that I'm in. Well, he wants to draw you closer to himself. He wants you to learn to trust him more. He wants to put his character inside of you. I'm talking about the season that you're in that you're resisting right now. He wants to put his character inside of you. Um, he wants to show himself to you. To show you that he loves you in this season. What God is wanting to teach you in three months. Let's just say your season's three months. Three months. He's trying to teach you so that you can carry it in your tool belt for the next 70 years of your life. Three months, 70 years. You're over there resisting for years and years and fighting the devil. And guess what? The devil's not even in the room. It's God who's standing in the room. And you're not paying any attention to Him. You're not talking to Him. You're slaying all kinds of things, you think. And God's saying, I'm right here. I want to show you something. I just want to look at three situations in the Bible and Scripture and look at how they handled the season that they were in. First is the children of Israel. Let's recall, let's go, go back to Sunday school class. So they were in bondage and slavery. They had to work hard. Manual labor, physical labor, remember. They were treated unfairly. And they didn't have any freedom. Slavery. Being from Africa, I know about slavery. Totally disagree with it. And so does God, because He's all about freedom. He freed you and me from every shackle and sin and bondage that the devil wanted to put on us. Some of us are still getting free. Praise God. Praise God. God is about freedom. And God loved these children and He wanted them to be free. And He actually had a promised land for them. And it wasn't Egypt. Brandon talked about the picnic on the north side. I leaned over to my wife. Yeah, it's a promised land. North Lakeland is a promised land. <laughs> he performed many miracles, and yet they complained 
about their new season. New season. And I know we all remember this story and we're like, how can this be? And yet, let me just ask you, how are you doing with your season? How are we doing with our season? They blamed Moses for bringing them out into the wilderness. They complained about the bitter waters. God performed the miracle. They complained about the food out in the wilderness. They wanted fish, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic with slavery. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. Now, I, I just, you know, this, this thing leaks. I had to figure out what it was because, like, that poor vegetable or whatever that got called a leek. Well, it's like an onion. Those of you that know, I don't like raw onions because those of you who like raw onions, I don't like your smell. But leeks are in the onion family, I guess. Thank God for cooked leeks. That's for lunch today. How do you like that? Well, they complained about the giants. They were more focused on the obstacles in their way and less about the God who could remove their obstacles out of their way. They just looked at their giants. They complained against Moses and they wanted to kill him. They wanted to vote him out. Vote him out and put their own leader in there. They quarreled and they murmured for not having water instead of just simply asking God for water. I mean, he had done all these other miracles for them, provided for them, and then here comes, oh, there's no water. And they don't even ask him for the water. And the takeaways out of this is that God wants, first of all, his children to be free from slavery and to quit whining and complaining the whole time. Are you similar to the children of Israel? Whining, whining. I remember when my kids were little and you know they got in that whiny and I had had enough of it and we're done with that I know you're not happy I know you want whatever but we're not going to whine it's just irritating don't you think that irritates God oh God's just so loving so gracious whining is irritating we shouldn't be doing that Another one is, it could be that God is wanting to free you from something that's binding you or holding you in bondage. And you're just whining and fighting Him all the way. And yet your freedom is in front of you. Why don't we talk to God about the season that we're in? Why don't we get His perspective? Why don't we see what He has planned? He has planned. Oh, I can't see that God has anything planned for me in this season. No. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. And be assured I will do it. Isaiah 46, 11. That's for you and your season. God has a plan for you. And He's going to bring it to pass. And the sooner that you and I participate and hook up with God, the faster we'll be through this thing. Learn to trust God's plan more than you trust your own plan. Oh, I got this great idea. No, what, what, does, God, what does God have to say about it? Oh, well, you know, if I can just get this career and, and get this, land this job, is it God's will? Say, well, you can't be saying that. No, I am saying it. I am saying it. To do whatever He asks you to do is the greatest thing that you can do for God. Obedience, greatest thing. Not how much money you make. 
Not where you live, what you live in, what you drive. Not how much money is in the bank. None of it. He uses all of that. If you'll let him, he'll use your job. He'll use your money. He'll use your house, your car. He'll use it. He'll use it. You've got to give it to him. Don't keep it for yourself. The second one is David in the Bible. 1 Samuel 17. We all know this story. David was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. He had three older that were in Saul's army. David kept his father's sheep in Bethlehem. And one day, David's father asked him to take food to his older brothers. In verse 20. Love this verse. David rose up early in the morning and he left his sheep with a keeper and took food as Jesse had commanded. You say, well, what's so great about that? He left his sheep with a keeper. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. David was given a new task. But he didn't just run off and leave his responsibilities unattended. He didn't just dip out. He didn't think, oh, well, this is more important, so I'm just going to leave these sheep and be done with it. No. No. He left his sheep with a keeper. How are you and I doing with that? Well, I just left the worship team because another worship team, bigger worship team, asked me to come and sing with them. What about your responsibility? What about what does God have to say about it? Oh, I left the church because there's just another church that wanted to be on their, me to be on their leadership team. Oh, really? Really? What about your responsibilities? Am I saying that, you know, you can never leave the church? No, but how you leave is so important because it affects how you enter. You leave one place wrong, guess what? You enter a new place wrong. Well, it's just those people. No, there'd be those people over here too. <laughs> David takes food to his brothers. And we all know the story. He sees and he hears Goliath. And then he goes and talks to Saul. But David pers persisted. And this is 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37. And David says this, when I was taking care of my father's sheep, a lion and a bear came and grabbed the lamb from the flock. I went after it and clubbed it. Well, we don't use that word very often. He beat it. He beat it. That's what you do to a lion and to a bear that has your sheep. You beat it. That's called taking responsibility for your flock. You beat it. It's an enemy. And you destroy it. You beat it. And took the lamb from his mouth. And then the lion and the bear turned on him. And so I caught it by the jaw or by the beard. And I clubbed it to death. I beat it to death. And I will do this to this heathen Philistine as well. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. You think David was adamant about that? Absolutely. The Lord who saved me from the claws and the teeth of the lion and the bear will also save me from this Philistine. That's called confidence in God. That's called trusting. And Saul consented. He said, all right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. And we all know the story. David took his staff, a sling, picked up five smooth stones, and he put it in his shepherd's bag. One of his tools from his last season. Shepherding. The staff was from shepherding. The sling was from shepherding. The bag. What do you have? From your past season. That you can carry with you the rest of your life. 
What do you have? Well, I just had to get out of there. I didn't get anything. How foolish. Didn't learn anything. Didn't grow in God. I just had to dip out. Really? Guess what? You'll have to face all that stuff again. Or did you leave with your tools, taking your tools, like your faith in God, like integrity? Hello. Did you leave your last season with integrity in your life? Or your gifts? Or did you, li- did you leave your last season with a good testimony of God's power? And David went out and he killed Goliath. But see, here's the thing. He took advantage of the season that he was in as a shepherd. He practiced with his slingshot. Don't you think for one moment that that slingshot, that when he slung it, if you, is that a word slung? He slinged it at Goliath, that that was his first time with that. No way. No way. I believe that David was out in the field and he was watching his sheep and he practiced. I have a slingshot in my office from Africa. I'm not good at it. But I can tell you as a little kid, I used to practice with it. And I would try and all that. But David practiced in the season of shepherding. He practiced and that was a tool that God gave him and he took it. To the next season. He also practiced his worship. We have the book of Psalms. Praise God for the book of Psalms. Do you know that? That's from when he was out. Tending the sheep. He would sing songs. To God out there. Oh no. He, not, he didn't start singing worship. When he entered the king's courtroom. No, no. It started long ago. Long ago. In the previous season. He practiced it. This is why it's so important with our worship team. They come in here and they practice. Oh, well, I thought God's anointing was on him. It is. But God wants you to practice the gift that He gave you. Oh, well, if God wants me to excel in it, He'll just download it to me. No, you're going to have to practice it. You're going to have to practice it. That's not unrealistic. But David knew the God of his season as a shepherd. He had relationship. He built relationship with God. And he trusted God. You know, after he killed Goliath, he went went back to shepherding for a while. Here's my takeaways. David was content in shepherding. It wasn't, oh, it's... Well, no, I don't like the shepherding because it's not in the spotlight. Oh, I just, I, you know, I just need the microphone. No, no. You be content wherever God has you. And you practice and you lock into God. And let His anointing come on you. Because you don't know the day will come when you'll need it. When you'll need it. He was patient in his season. Fifteen years after he was anointed to be king. Before he became king. Most of us, we'd have wanted to go from the anointing to be king straight to the throne, wouldn't we? And some of us, you know, we would think that that's the normal progression. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. And he was content with doing that. And even when he was given an assignment, he still fulfilled his responsibilities. When dad said, go give those brothers some food, he still found a keeper. Someone to tend to the sheep. To handle his responsibilities. Is that so about you and me? Do we still fulfill? Oh, well, this ministry called me and I just just got to, you know, go and, and do this for them. And you left everything else unattended. You think that that's pleasing to God for one moment? You think for one moment? Well, God wants me to go. He may. God may. I'm talking about your responsibilities. 
Oh, well, what I do doesn't matter. No, it does matter. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go on around here that you guys don't even know about. It's designed that way. But rest assured, if it's not tended to, y'all would know. Y'all would know. Responsibilities. And then while tending, while he was in the shepherding season, David grew in God and he practiced his slingshot and he practiced his worship. He was ready. When God was ready to take him out of that season of shepherding and into being king, into being used by God, David was ready. Why? Because he was content in the previous season. My last example today is Daniel and the three Hebrew children. Daniel 1 through 3. It says that these four young men of God, that God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. The master, mastery of all writings in science and philosophy. And they were skilled in knowledge and intellect about life. Not only the sciences, but practical everyday life. God blessed them with this knowledge and this understanding. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. It was a gift. It was a gift that God gave him. I don't, I don't have that gift. I won't get into my conversation with me and God about dreams, but anyway. But some people have that gift, praise God. And there's times that, you know, I have a dream and, I, and I'm wanting to know what it's about. I believe that it's from God and, and I thank God for people that have that kind of gift. And God's blessing and His favor was on them. They were in a good season. They loved God. They worshiped God. God was using them in a powerful way. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, even he even recognized the blessing of God on their life. Truly, O Daniel, your God is the God of all gods, the ruler of rulers, the revealer of mysteries, because he has told you secrets. Listen, these, these four were one up on everybody else, including the magicians in the king's palace. They were one up. They knew stuff that nobody else knew. And God used them in a powerful way with that. And then it says here in Daniel 2.49, Then at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as Daniel's assistants. So in other words, Daniel had so much influence with the king that he petitioned and he requested that they be his assistant and the, and the king granted it. And to be in charge of all of the, the affairs of the province of Babylon. And Daniel served as the chief magistrate in the king's court. He was an official in the palace. And then in Daniel 3 it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made this golden statue, we all know. And invited all of the bigwigs to come. The princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriff. Oh, the sheriff got involved in this. The sheriffs, the rulers. And they all came for the dedication of this statue. And when they all arrived, the king commanded. Now when the band starts to play, everyone is to be flat on the ground to worship the king's statue. And anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a flaming furnace. We all know that story. But the three Hebrew children refused to do that. And these guys are in a great season. Everything is going great. And then the king makes this statue and wants them to worship. So they refused and... 
the king was angry and called them to him. And he gives them another chance. He says, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you are refusing to serve my gods and to worship the golden statue that I have set up? I'll give you one more chance. When the music plays, if you fall down and worship the statue, all will be well. It'll be okay. But if you refuse, you will be thrown into the flaming furnace within the hour. And what God... The question. And what God can deliver you out of my hands then? The audacity. He just was talking about how awesome their God was. Now he rises up above God, Jehovah, and says, what God can deliver you out? And then here's their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not worried about what will happen to us if we are thrown into the flaming furnace Our God is able to deliver us. And we believe that he will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. But if he doesn't, please understand, sir, that even then we will never, under any circumstance, serve and worship your gods. Not the golden statue that you have erected. And the king was even more angry. He ordered the furnaces to be heated up seven times hotter than normal. And he called the strongest men in his army to tie them with ropes and threw them in fully clothed. The flames leaped out and killed those soldiers that had thrown them in. And the king was watching and he saw four men unbound walking around in the fire and not hurt by the flames. He threw three in, and yet there he saw four. Who do you think the fourth one was? Is it not God that goes with us through every trial, stands right next to us, even when we don't see Him or we don't hear His voice? You know, sometimes people... Ask me about that verse, you know, weeping endures for the night. You know, there's sometimes when the night is more than a night. It's a night season. It's hard. It's hard. Kevin and Amy just buried their son not too long ago. Christy buried, helped bury her husband. It's hard. Sometimes it's a night season. McKinney's are back there. The loss of their child is hard. But he's always with us. Always with us. This is why it's so important that you never listen to the devil. Never. He doesn't have anything good to tell you. Nothing. 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 Night season. But he saw four in there walking around in the fire. Miracle. And so... The king even said the, the fourth looks like a god. He, he was on track. King Nebuchadnezzar was on track. And then he called them out. The fire had not even touched them. Their hair wasn't singed. Clothes were not burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. And some of the stuff that you and I go through, you know, God doesn't want you even to smell like smoke? Say, well, I'm, I, I'm just grieving. That's okay. That's okay. But is that dominating you? Or is God dominating you in that difficult time? You know, you don't, you don't have to smell like smoke. You don't have to smell like your last season. You can tell about it. That's called testimony. But it doesn't have to affect you negatively. And I know that when we're in these difficult times, sometimes we, 
let's just put it this way. We wonder how is that even possible? All I can tell you is you need to trust God and leave it in his hands and watch and see. Watch and see what he does. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, when he asked them to come out, said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for he sent his angel to deliver his trusting servants. What an awesome thing to be said about you and I. That God sent an angel to deliver his trusting servants when they defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree that any person of any nation, language, or religion who speaks a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and his house knocked down into a heap of rubble. For no other God can do what this one does. What an awesome testimony to have about our God. And you and I, we have this testimony. We have testimonies of what God has done for us. And I know things happen or whatever and they slip by us and we forget. And, you know, I don't know about you. There's times that I'll just like sit down and I'll just think about all the ways that God has helped me. And all the ways that he's come through for me. And how he's provided for me. And the times when he healed me of sickness. It's amazing. And you have that too. But you got to sit down and you got to think about that. And remember that. And then the king gave promotions to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they prospered greatly in the province of Babylon. God prospered them. The king prospered them. But they had to go through that season. That difficult season. Here's my takeaways. They were blessed by God from the beginning. Remember the favor of God was on them. The great season that they were in. They pleased God. They loved serving God. And then they were punished while they were still pleasing to God. That's a tough season. When you do right and you suffer for it. Or you don't understand. That's a tough season. And then they were sentenced to death. How would you and I respond? You know, the other um, Sunday night, we prayed for the persecuted church. Do you ever think about them? People who are thrown in prison today, today, because they love God. They just... They tell about God. They tell what God's done for them. They live for God. They pray to God. They read scripture. Thrown in prison. Taken out daily and beaten. And put back in. They didn't, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't murder anybody. They didn't steal from anybody. Nothing. Didn't use illegal drugs. Hmm. Taken out every day, beaten, and put back in. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity, that I call it a privilege, to be with people like that. It is an absolute honor to sit with people and hear their stories like that. And I walk away and I'm like, oh God, please help me. May I be committed and loyal to you to be able to do that for years on end not just a day or a week for years sentenced to death but yet we find that they never got mad these three Hebrew children never got mad at God never, oh God you don't know what you're doing 
Never. None of that. Oh, this season, you know, this season. You need to get me out of this season. We don't find any of that. Any of that at all. Never got mad at God. And God protected them. Even in the furnace. And then the king promoted them. And prospered them. When they got out. See, we're all in seasons now. Or we're going to go through another season. Some of them are difficult. Some of them are really hard. Really hard. I stood next to Christy the other day. At the National Cemetery. What am I going to say? I don't, I don't. I can't say a whole lot. I just can be there. Stand there. Tough? Hard? Kevin and Amy? Do you understand it all? No. No. Tough seasons. Some of you are going through a season of sickness. Where you're battling in your health. It's hard. Some are young people are in the season going back to school. And that's different. It was fun on the summer. Oh, now I've got to go back to school. Oh, that teacher. Oh, that grade. Oh, that, that co- the course. Yeah, it's a, a different season. Some of you are in the divorce season. You say, well, did you have to say it? No, we're all people. Some of you are in. Some of you just maybe went through a divorce. Some of you are praying and believing God not for a divorce. It's tough. It's tough. As I mentioned, some of you are in the season where you just lost your loved one. Someone that you loved dearly. Maybe it was sudden. Maybe it was a battle, a sickness battle for a long time. Some of you are in a financial setback season where everything is breaking down. It's like, it's like you got holes in your pocket. And you work and you, you get, you're able to get the money in your pocket and then there's like a hole. And the washer breaks or the car needs brakes on it. Or, you know what I'm, anybody know what I'm talking about? Financial setback. Some of you are in the season with a new child. That's a season. Some of you are learning a new job. You got fired from the last one. And you're trying to learn. You, praise God, you got, a, you got a new job. But you're, you're in that season of trying to learn it and understand it. And be productive. Some of you Southeastern students are in the season of moving away from your family. I know what that's like. Move away from your family. Some of you are in a breakup season. Some of you are in a false accusation season, like the lawyer was for 15 years. That's a tough season. Somebody's falsely accused you, and you're in the middle of it. And it doesn't feel good, and it's not right. But yet you're trusting God. Some of us are in long seasons and some they're just real short. But it's still a season. Let me give you some keys to moving through your season. Number one, ask yourself, what can I learn in this season? Ask that first. Ask that first. What can I learn? Number two, examine your life and see if there's any areas in your heart where you have unconfessed sin and take care of it. You say, are you saying that this is happening because of sin? It could be. Well, it sounds like you're saying, no, I'm saying just search your heart and see. And if there is unconfessed sin or you're not living right, pleasing to God, let me put that in there. If you're not, I'm not going to argue about sins. I'm not going to come out with a list of sins. If you're doing something that's not pleasing to God, it's wrong. 
Confess it. Turn away from it. Forsake it. Next, choose to focus on the blessings in life that God has given you and be grateful to Him for them. You're not grateful. Well, it's just not right. Okay, but you're not grateful for what He has blessed you with. Why don't you start there? Stay humble. Next, stay humble. The humble will possess the land and shall delight and enjoy themselves with abundance of peace and prosperity. Psalm 18, 27. God resists the proud, but He gives His grace to the humble. Stay humble. And then sing, sing your song to Him. A song this morning. There's no question. Awake my soul and sing. And no question the anointing was on that. Sing to Him. Sing to Him. And if you don't have a song, jump in the psalm. Psalm 95 is good. 103 is great. And 148. There's just three right there. Sing those to Him. But sing your own song. Sing from your heart to Him. And then fight the devil. Always fight the devil in, the, in any season that you're in. Any, it's like uh, when you go to Chuck E. Cheese and there's that thing. In the, the, yeah, anytime he sticks his head up, just whack it. Whack a mole. Isn't that what it's called? Isn't that what it's called? Just whack it. Whack him. Yeah, whack him. He might learn to keep his head down, but just whack him every time. Ephesians 6. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of darkness in this world. See, I told you I like the lights. And every spiritual force in evil and high places. We fight the devil. All the way. Every time. We don't put up with anything from him. Next, we don't complain like the children of Israel Stop whining. Don't do that. Don't do that. Fill your mouth with praise to God. And then we're content in the season that God has us in, just like David as a shepherd. Fully trusted God. Trust His Word in the season. And don't be swayed by your emotions or what things look like. Can I tell you, be stable in God. Trust Him. Trust Him. We say we trust Him, but do you really trust Him? Are you looking at your circumstances, your emotions swaying and all over the place because of it? Or are you stable in Him? And then regardless of the circumstances, keep your eyes on God. Look at Him more than you look at the season that you're in. Look at Him. Look at Him. Know that after the season of testing comes the season of victory. Know that. The overcoming season. And there's nothing wrong with being in an overcoming season. Nothing wrong with it. Celebrate God. Be joyful. Tell about it. Next, allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. You need to rely on His power and not your power. So many times, many times, we rely on our own strength. And our own intellect. Yes, God wants to use your strength. Yes, He wants to use your intellect. But He wants you to rely on His power to see you through. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And then know that there is seed time. Waiting patiently for growth to happen. And then there's harvest. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if, that little word, if, we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up in the season that you're in. Learn in your season. You learn in your season. 
so that you can help someone else. I said at the beginning of these keys, see what you can learn for yourself, but it doesn't end there. You learn so you can help someone else who's in their season. Stand with me. If you're here, I just want to take just a few minutes, not long. If you're here and you're going through a season and you heard something today that applies to you, that you can apply, we're going to gather up here for a quick prayer, a closing prayer. Come on up. Come, come fill up this area. If you're going through something, it could be something terrible. It could be long term. It could be short, something short. Come on. Come on. Come up here. I've got three passages. We're gonna, I'm going to read them and we're going to pray. Come on up. You're going through a season. Today you heard something that encouraged you, encouraged you in the Lord. Something that you thought, you know what? I missed it on that one, but I'm going to fix it. If that's you, come. Come join me. Anyone else want to come? And if you're out there and you, someone that you know came up and you want to come stand with them, feel free to come stand with them. Come stand up here. Romans 8. We are very weak, but the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself speaks to God for us. When you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit does. Now let me just let me just read on. Let me read on. He pleads on our behalf, that's yours and mine. He pleads on our behalf to God for us. Speaking to God, the Holy Spirit speaks to God with feelings too deep for words. God and the Holy Spirit are like this. We say, well, I thought they're both God. Yeah, they are. They're tight. They're tight. Too deep for words. God already knows our deepest thoughts. God understands what the Spirit is saying. Because the Spirit speaks for His people in a way that agrees with God, what God wants. The Holy Spirit prays, talks to God, the Father. And says it to God, the Father, in a way that agrees with Him. That's called praying in the Spirit. We can do that. We pray in the Spirit. We can do that. We're praying according to the will of God. God already knows our deepest thoughts and He understands what the Spirit is saying because the Spirit speaks for His people in a way that agrees with what God wants. We know that in everything, God works for the good For the best of those who love Him, we are called by God according to His plans and according to His purposes. In other words, the plan that God has for you is right on, is right on. And the Spirit intercedes for you on your behalf in a way that agrees with that plan powerful Romans 8:31 So what should we say about God God's love towards us If God is for us whom shall we fear Who can come against us No one can stand against us God is with us Period Period He's with us Don't have anything to fear, even though we don't understand all the ins and outs. You don't have anything to fear. Last passage, 
Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ. Not in, not through yourself. You're not self-sufficient in yourself. But you're self-sufficient through Christ. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy. Are you disturbed? Where I'm not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times and I know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity in any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing life whether well fed or going hungry whether having an abundance or being in need I can do all things which He has called me to do through Him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill His purpose. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Being self-sufficient in Christ. Some of you need to think about that this week. Let me just say this. In whatever season that we're in, God wants us to be content. I didn't say you had to agree with it. I didn't say you have to be okay with it. Why? Because you trust God trust God more than your circumstances let's pray together Father we stand here before you as your children we live for you we love you some in the room are in a great great season joy and we thank God we're not we're not mad at them envious of them and we don't have a bad attitude we, we, we celebrate with them in their great season that they're in but God there's some who are struggling today it's a, it's a tough season it's hard it's hard but God we come to you and we say that we trust you with our life we trust you more than any circumstance more than any amount of money in the bank, regardless of the abundance or the lack thereof, regardless. We're not swayed by our circumstances. We still believe you. Even in this sickness, we believe you to heal us. Even in this grief, we ask that your strength and your encouragement would come into our hearts. God, we ask you you would help us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding on our behalf to the Father. Thank you for doing it in a way that God the Father agrees. It agrees with His plan for our life. And we say, as an individual, we say as a people, we say as a community, we say that we trust you in this season. We trust you Yes, we may have to wipe tears away, but we still stand for you and for your name. God, we need you today. We thank you that after seed time, after patience for growth, comes the harvest. We thank you that the sun does come up, will come up, again. We thank you for that. We thank you and we trust you. We trust you. Now I pray blessing on everyone. I pray that you would help us this week to live for you and honor you in everything that we do and say. Let us work at our job for you. Let us bring honor to your name. Give us opportunities to testify of your goodness and who you are. 
God, I pray that miracles, healing, signs, and wonders would happen this week for your people. Your people. I'm asking you that you would heal your people. I'm asking that you would deliver these people. Deliver them from bondage. Deliver them from slavery. Break every yoke off of them. Destroy every yoke. Let your anointing destroy and break every yoke. God, we pray for blessing. We know that it comes from you and you alone. We recognize it. We acknowledge it. And we thank you for it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said... We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.